Broadcasting from down on the bayou, it's the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by Lake Area Media, LLC. And now your hosts, David Boston and Patrick Fry. And welcome to episode 101 here on the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. We are broadcasting live from the Collar and Elbow Studios. And remember, you can save 10% on your entire order, no matter if it's from the clearance rack as well, at collarandelbowbrand.com with the code the Average Marks. One word, the Average Marks at checkout. And our Collar and Elbow shirt of the week this week, the Fed shirt. I guess they'd say that because it kind of looks like uh, the little pattern that WWF used to use on their logo. Yeah, back in the uh, early 90s, late 80s, I believe was the time uh, before they switched it over to the Attitude Era logo. Uh, that's kind of the vibes I'm getting from it as well. Pretty cool looking shirt, though. So use the code THEAVERAGEMARKS, 10% off, and you get to help your boys out just a little bit. You don't pay anything extra, but... Some of them proceeds will head over in our direction, and we would certainly greatly appreciate it. Most definitely. And if you got a girl, they got the girl streetwear as well. If she's a wrestling fan, that would be an awesome gift to show up and say, hey, here's a collar and elbow shirt. And uh, by the way, just like Patrick said, it helped your favorite podcast out. I can't imagine if I bought my girlfriend a wrestling shirt. She would not be too happy about that. She's not she's going not- to She's not a big wrestling fan. No. Oh, no. So she's not going to be making the SummerSlam trip with you. No, she. Well, I don't think I'm making that trip either. But e- even if I were to make that trip, although, well, of course, we're going to talk about SummerSlam coming up. But uh, based on the location of SummerSlam, I don't know. She may make that trip with me. She just may not go to SummerSlam. And speaking of the location, possibly, uh, you had some pretty good luck over in Mobile on some sports gambling. So Actually, you it was, in, it was in Biloxi. Oh, Biloxi. Uh, yeah, they don't do sports gambling in, in Alabama, at least not yet. I don't know if they have that coming up or whatnot, but Mississippi, you got to go to a casino and do it. But Mississippi, hey, if you're in a casino that got a sports book, have at it and place to bet on the way to the beach on Friday. Uh, won that bet, little three-team parlay, I guess, or a three-item parlay. Uh, won some money and uh, collected my winnings on the way back from the beach. So it was a uh, it was a good weekend. A lot of good things happened. Uh, it was a great trip overall. Well, you may want to try Lady Luck over in that other town as well. What other, other town? Oh, Vegas. Yeah. Yes, you're right, Vegas. Okay, <laughs> I forget. We're talking about Vegas here, I've, which is a place I've never been to, by the way. So... I would love to go to Vegas, although we have many other trips that are planned for the rest of the year. So adding another trip to that agenda could be out of the cards. Yeah, the person that's watching the video right now, hit us up in the chat. Let us know if the audio sounds good because uh, I was having some issues with my board before we went on. But Patrick, go ahead and tell us what's going on in this episode. On The Average Marks, episode 101 for Thursday, June the 10th, 2021, we're going to talk about Andrade making his AEW debut to a, a bit of a surprise. He showed up on Dynamite last Friday night. We'll talk about that. Also, there is a new IWGP heavyweight champion in New Japan. We're going to talk about that. Obviously, Will Ospreay was the champion. He got injured, had to forfeit the championship, and uh, Dominion was this past weekend. So... 
We have a new IWGP champion as the belt was on the line between Shingo Takagi and Kazuchika Okada. We'll talk about that. Also, Leo Rush announced his retirement uh, due to an injury that I believe he suffered at double or nothing. So that's unfortunate for Leo Rush, but we'll talk about his retirement coming up. Also, Matt Cardona surprise showed showed up, surprisingly showed up at a C- GCW event. We're going to talk about that as well. And uh, what we just mentioned a while ago, SummerSlam will be taking place in Las Vegas later on this summer. We're going to talk about that. We also have, excuse me, the return of Cheap Heat. Uh, there was a guy who, uh, well, I, I guess he, he commented on one of our posts and you replied and you know, he wasn't a fan of the reply. We're going to talk about that. Also, we're going to play uh, the game. I think you talked about this last week. We're going to rehire one, fire one, and erase one from history. You're going to give me three wrestlers, and I got to, you know, basically pick one as the title of the game goes. I got to pick one to rehire, fire, and erase from history. So we'll play that. Also, Rumor Mill, uh, we're going to have uh, possibly a huge match at SummerSlam. I think a lot of people have heard the rumors about what the main event could be at SummerSlam. We're going to talk about that. Also, WWE possibly thinking they cut a wrestler too soon. Uh, That certainly happened in the past. And also, speaking of uh, wrestlers that were cut from WWE, Braun Strowman, could he now be making a run on the indies? Well, We'll talk about that and everything else all coming up on the Average Marks episode 101 for Thursday, June 10th, 2021. That's right. Follow your boys on your favorite uh, social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Just search The Average Marks. See, there it goes again, Patrick. This- yeah, I know. Melon, well, next week we're going to be in person, so we should not have this problem. But Can't anyways, wait. Can't wait. Can't like, wait. Like Bart Scott? That's right. The Bart Scott interview. Can't wait. But what I also can't wait for is to see when Andrade is going to finally step into an AEW ring for an actual match. He made his debut this past Friday night on Dynamite to the surprise of, well, most people. Mark Henry was out there doing an interview with uh, Tony Schiavone, and they were talking about AEW Rampage, the new show that is starting in August. And Vicky Guerrero comes out. We hadn't really seen Vicky Guerrero on television in, in, in a little while. She's obviously the manager for Nyla Rose, who has not really been much in the, the women's division picture as of late. But Vicky Guerrero comes out and basically introduces Andrade El Idolo, which is like the idol or something like that in Spanish. And the way she said it, you can understand on the, on the Andrade part. I can't even say it right. Andrade. There we go. Hey, good. Roll that R. Had to roll it a little bit there. Yeah. She said that and she said El Idolo, but like the way she said it, she said it almost kind of fast. And I think most people might not have caught it at first. And then he didn't have like any music or anything. And like everybody's just kind of looking around. And then he walks out and the fans kind of take a second to realize, oh my God, it's Andrade. He's here. He's in AEW. He basically came out. He kept it short, sweet, and to the point. And he said something about. What did he say? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what he said. Uh, he said he some fun. people would call him the face of Latino wrestling or Latinos or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Then he said, now I'm going to be the face of all elite wrestling, which basically confirms that Andrade is now all elite after he was let go from WWE back in March. And apparently 
He did not have the 90-day no-compete clause. I don't know how he got away with not having that. I'm not sure, but apparently I read somewhere that he did not have that 90-day no-compete clause because it's only been about, well, I guess it's almost it's almost been 90 days. But um, And granted, he hasn't competed yet in AEW, so I don't know if that rule means that, let's say, okay, let's say, when did WWE release him? I don't know if you know at the top of your head the date. It was in March sometime, but hypothetically, I can't remember. Let's say March 1st. Um, March 1st, you get released, and you got 90 days to not compete. Let's say on day 80, you show up on another company, but you don't wrestle. Does that count? You know, Is that still within the, I guess, the bylaws of your no-compete clause? or? No, because when I worked for a certain radio company here in town, I was under a non-compete. And when the housing bubble burst in 2008, your boy got fired. Mm-hmm. And, and I had the chance to come back to the company we're working at now. However, with the 90 day no complete, or I, I think theirs was longer than 90 days. I think it might have been six months. Man. With that clause, I couldn't even come over here and work a board. Wow. I couldn't be employed by another radio company within a certain radius. So I'm pretty sure in that clause, the whole 90 days, you can't even be in the back. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's the, the, the case. One is not the case, I guess, with Andrade, as like I said, I read that he did not have that 90 day compete clause. And I don't know exactly how he, he didn't have it, but hey, I'm glad he doesn't have it because now that means he's in all elite wrestling. I'm very curious to see who his first opponent is going to be because he is arguably one of the top guys that they've plucked out of free agency since the company has started. At least, I would argue, the most talented. I mean, you've seen this dude's matches. I've seen this dude's matches. This dude's been a champion all over the world. And, my goodness, did WWE drop the ball with this guy? But he was a star in NXT – he was very hyped up when he came to the main roster. He was the U.S. champion, so, I mean, they did put a belt on him, but then after that, they just sort of didn't really do anything with him. So I know All Elite Wrestling is going to treat him right. He's going to be in the world title picture. Maybe by the end of the year, I suspect he will be in the world title picture, but he's going to put on some fantastic matches. Man, I cannot wait to see this dude in the ring because you know when he gets in an AEW ring, we're going to really – get to see what he's made of. We're going to get to see that NXT Andrade that we um, came to know and love. And granted, he was good in the ring in WWE, but, you know, that sometimes I think they limit what they can do in the ring in WWE. And all elite wrestling, they do not do that. So looking forward to seeing Andrade. And uh, I guess Vicky's going to be his manager. Uh, Vicky's now going to be managing Nyla Rose and Andrade. So was kind of hoping maybe if Andrade shows up in AEW, which he now has, maybe Thea Trinidad, uh, they'll have a little reunion, and maybe she can be his uh, his manager, but obviously that's not out of, out of the realm of possibilities in the future, but for now, it would appear Vicky Guerrero is going to be his, uh, his mouthpiece. And that sucks, because she's annoying as hell, even more so. I kind of liked her in WWE, but in AEW, I'm just like, Damn, man. It's like we're just overdoing <laughs> it. Practically the same thing in, in AEW. I don't know what it is. If anything, we're seeing much less of her in AEW. But now that she's courting Andrade around, we might see more of her, which, 
at the end of the day, if Andrade, you know, goes in that ring and tears the house down, I don't care who is his manager is. It could be Vicky Guerrero. It could be Thea Trinidad. It could be whoever they want it to be. As long as he goes in there and just tears the house down, which I fully expect him to. You know, and a lot of the dirt sheets said he got released from WWE because he wasn't really willing to learn English. Um, he wasn't going to his English classes and all that good stuff, but he cut a pretty good promo. It was decent. Yeah, and I mean, he didn't say much, but there was certainly no you know, language barrier from understanding him, and maybe he just wasn't maybe he wasn't motivated with WWE to do that. He was probably thinking, you know, WWE is not pushing me to the best of my ability, so why should I learn English for these guys? Of course, I'm sure they were paying him a nice chunk of money, but at the same yeah. time, you know, if you're not motivated, you're not going to go the extra mile and try to learn English. You can cut a promo, but now he doesn't need to do that. He's just going to, you know, he can say his few words here and there. Obviously, I think that might be why Vicky Guerrero is his mouthpiece. Maybe he's still learning English. Maybe he hasn't perfected it yet. And, you know, they'll keep his, he'll, he'll cut some promos, but they'll keep it short and sweet to where, they won't make him, you know, say anything he's not comfortable saying in terms of knowing how to say it, you know, in English, that is. I wonder how him and Charlotte communicate. I wonder if she, like, learns Spanish to talk to him or if he actually, like, you know, tries to talk to her in English. It's like... I feel like they, um, while they do communicate verbally, uh, I'm sure they communicate physically a lot more than verbally, <laughs> if you get my drift, but... Like of love yeah the language of love uh but uh, that's also an interesting dynamic you know andrade is in a aew now and charlotte obviously is, is running the show in the women's division in wwe so interesting dynamic there but looking forward to seeing what andrade can can bring to aew really pumped about them getting him yeah and i want to call out bryce bruger real quick i'll never forgive you bryce for that chance that we had to break that andrade and uh, Charlotte with Dayton because you found out because you worked at the hotel that they were staying at when they came and did a house show here in whatever town we live in. Yep. All right. What's the next topic? It is. Bam. And there we go. go. Really small again. Well, uh, as you can see, if you're watching on the live video, we have a new IWGP champion in New Japan. One of their biggest shows of the year, Dominion, happened this past weekend, and it was Shingo Takagi versus Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And uh, to the surprise, maybe of some folks, maybe not many, I, I talked to we were talking in, in the group about this. Um, and Brinkman was saying how hot Takagi was, and boy, he's on fire now. He's the new IWGP Heavyweight Champion, defeating Kazuchika Okada, of course, after Will Ospreay had to vacate the belt due to injury. So and Takagi actually fought Will Ospreay about a month ago and lost for the IWGP championship. So they were thinking, well, if uh, Ospreay can't have it, put it on Takagi instead of – it would have been easy to put it back on Okada because he's had obviously tremendous reigns as the IWGP heavyweight champion, and he's just a legend in, in New Japan. But Takagi, man, what an uh, what, what a rise he has had over the last couple of years in New Japan all the way up now to the – IWGP heavyweight champion. So congratulations to Shingo Takagi. Um, they put on one hell of a match. I saw bits and pieces of it. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing because, of course, New Japan comes on at, at 3, 4 in the morning when, when I'm sleeping. So 
And plus, I was at, I was at the beach this weekend. I wasn't even thinking about it, but on the way back from the beach, I did read about it and stuff like that. So, congratulations to Shingo Takagi. Um, I wonder if he's going to hold that belt till Osprey gets back, and Osprey's going to take it from him, or maybe if they're going to give it off to someone else before Osprey gets back. I don't know. What you think? I, you got me, man. I I don't know really anything about New Japan other than the fact that uh, every time I watch it, I do enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about the storyline. I know that uh, hopefully Bree Peace, uh, what's his girlfriend's name? B Priestley. Yeah, hopefully she's taking care of him, right? Oh, I'm sure she is. I have no doubt that Will Ospreay is being taken care of, uh, uh, as as I say, physically uh, being taken care of. Nurse B, nursing the wound. That's right. So, and I don't know, I I forgot what his timetable is, but he had a pretty serious injury. Uh, He might not be back for the rest of the year. So, who knows maybe kenny omega goes over there and takes that belt from him i don't know i don't know what the, i still don't know what the status of kenny omega and new japan's relationship is after he left for aew i feel like they left on sour terms and i don't know if that's ever been reconciled but who knows uh, at this point we, we've obviously seen new japan people show up in aew and you know moxley an aew guy is holding one of the new japan belts so hey who knows at this point, maybe the IWGP belt could be another belt that Kenny Omega adds to his collection of other belts, but I don't see any signs of that happening really anytime soon. Yeah. I think if those conversations aren't happening right now, they're idiots because number one, business is business. doesn't matter if you left on bad terms or you were kind of butt hurt at the time, mm-hmm. make your money because Kenny Omega coming back into new Japan and coming and stealing that belt and being like the dirt bag, you know, piece of crap heel that he is. Oh, my yep. God. That would be amazing. It would be. It really would be. I think the fans would love that. I think wrestling fans all over the world would truly just mark out at something like that. So we'll see. But like I said, I don't I don't see a scenario of that happening anytime soon. But you never say never in this business. I remember not so much when John Moxley went over there, but when Jericho showed up in New Japan, I remember just the buzz that lit up the wrestling world. Like that would even dwarf that if Kenny Omega went back. Oh, yeah. It certainly would. But as much as I'd love to see it, you know, I think it's a, it's a long shot at this point. There we are, small again. All right, well, Leo Rush uh, has announced his retirement from pro wrestling and and a bit of a surprise to to me, certainly, and I'm sure a lot of folks, but apparently he suffered an injury uh, during the Casino Battle Royale at Double or Nothing that caused him, and I'm looking to try to see if I can get the whole story uh, here. What happened when when he got tossed out the ring, you think? Yeah, so... This is what he put on his Instagram. It says, I have written and erased this post so many times purely out of not being able to wrap my head around this. The moment I went home in a sling, I kept saying to myself, this was like any other time I got a little bruise or or strain and will shrug it off and continue on my journey. Once the pain subsided and I started to feel just how uncomfortable it was to feel my arm hanging from my body, I sunk into an immediate and rapid growing depression because I knew something was wrong. Got the news that I'd be taking some time off due to this injury. Me thinking it would only affect my wrestling ob- obligations. I still tried to go on about my days as I knew them. I realized just how much this would affect my everyday life. For anyone who knows me, you know that I work endlessly for me and my family. It became more and more frustrating every day to find little things that I could no longer do, like simply putting on a shirt 
a, and a much harder fact to deal with, not being able to pick up my newborn son. Now, here comes the part that kept me up every night since Double or Nothing. Knowing that I just made my surprise debut in one of the most exciting times of my career, that part sucked. But I'm grateful. Grateful for the opportunities that I've had this past year after my WWE release. So cool of AEW still wanting to sign me, despite separating my AC in the Casino Battle Royale, which would have led me to being the first person in history to be signed to two major wrestling organizations simultaneously. This is an unexpected turn down the road I would have, let's see, I would have and could have never saw coming, but I'm looking at this as a blessing in disguise since the injury has given me some time to think. Think about what I want in life, what I want for my wife and kids, and what's going to make me happy as far as my mental health is concerned. The timing of this injury has forced me to stop and reevaluate, and ultimately it's resulted in making the decision to retire from pro wrestling. And there's a little bit more, but basically you get it. He had to t retire. An unfortunate injury he suffered in the Casino Battle Royale. And, man, it, it's crazy how just like that, you know, Leo Rush, he's making his debut in AEW, and it, it seems like, you know, maybe they had high hopes for what he could do and what he could bring to the company, and all of a sudden, boom, it's, it's over like that. And uh, I enjoyed Leo Rush in WWE as Bobby Lashley's mouthpiece. He just run around hollering, Lashley, Lashley. And it was annoying, but it was kind of funny at the same time. And and I also was a fan of him on uh, MTV's The Challenge as well. He was on that show and whatnot. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a shame to see him uh, have to go out this way, uh, not necessarily on his terms, but I think he's uh, come, he, he's gotten some closure on it in a way because he's had a great career. And whatnot. I think he's been doing this since he's 17 years old. So, you know, and as I said a while ago, you never say never in this business. So, I don't know, maybe in a few years, if Leo Rush can get it right, I mean, look at Edge. Edge came back after a career ending injury nine years later. And I feel like Leo Rush is still at the age where give him a few years, you never know. He might be feeling better and he might be able to come back on a, on a limited basis. But it's a shame that his career got halted in such a manner that it did. I don't even get why it would be on a limited basis. I mean, Drew Brees ripped up everything he could in his shoulder. They thought he was done. He came back to have a Pro Bowl and Hall of Fame career, first ballot Hall of Fame career, and played 20 more years in the NFL. I don't see why this guy had to step away, have your surgery, and then come back. And then number two, I don't know if that was such a fact that he threw out there because Sammy Callahan was signed to Lucha Underground and Impact at the same time. Yeah, I guess is Lucha Underground maybe considered the, a major wrestling organization? I don't know. You might be talking about because who, who else is he signed with right now? Is it AEW and New Japan? Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I mean, AEW and New Japan being signed. Or, or he was going to be signed as well. Yeah. He, so I, I would put AEW and New Japan maybe a little higher on the pedestal than uh, Impact and um, Lucha Underground, but that's just me. Other people might disagree. But it is a shame Leo Rush had to retire in such a manner like that where it, it's uh, it's unexpected, and obviously in, injuries do happen in professional wrestling, and they unfortunately they end careers, and this is one of them where you know they, it may have possibly ended Leo Rush's career, but at the same time, uh, very wise of him to step back and reevaluate it and realize, hey, my family, you know, comes first. So I'm going to take this time, step away from pro wrestling 
whether it be forever or whether it be for a few years or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I think he's going to enjoy having this time off and spending it with his family and obviously his son. Uh, he has a son or a daughter. I don't I don't remember. But obviously he has like a, a newborn. And uh, let's see, it said something about his yeah, newborn son. So, yeah, he had a newborn. He has a newborn son. So I think it'll it'll help him. And obviously he went into a depression. I think he might have some. I don't know if he's got some sort of mental issues, but I think this will help um, resolve any possible mental issues he may have. Not necessarily resolve it, but certainly help him out a little bit. I think this will be a good thing for Leo Rush to step away from wrestling and you know be with his family for a little while. You know, I think he might have got a dose of hard truth, kind of like the hard truth that we delivered to Nick Aldis, which is why we got banned from Twitter or banned from him on Twitter from his well, page. got blocked by him. Yeah, yeah, blocked. Uh, I think he got the hard truth when he came out as a joker, and it was crickets. And everybody was like, ah, oh, damn, Leo Rush is the joker? What a waste. I, don't, I, think, I wouldn't say he came out to crickets. I just think, I think, you know, they always hype up the the joker entrant for the Casino Battle Royale, and Leo Rush, while he wasn't a letdown, he was, but, you know, he wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I it's hard to explain for me. Like I said, I wasn't like I didn't mark out for it, but at the same time, I wasn't like, well, that sucks. I was like, oh, Leo Rush, okay, all right, let's see, you know, let's see what he's got. You could see people in the crowd looking over to their homeboy and going, Leo Rush. Seriously? <laughs> I'll have to go back and try to see if I can see that, but uh, but it's the, at the end of the day, it still sucks that you know he because uh, you never know. He even though he didn't get as good of a reaction in at the casino battle royale you never know man he he might have showed out uh in in the coming weeks and really you know had the fans take a liking to him and you never know what could have happened in in AEW because um you know i feel like guys like that you know they there's so much potential because of the style of wrestling they like to do in in AEW and i think Leo Rush certainly fits that bill and i think he certainly could have elevated his um the word i'm looking for here stock exactly exactly yeah could have elevated his stock and his uh his brand i guess would be a good, good uh, term yeah. to use That's like good. the brand of, of leo rush and his style of wrestling so it's unfortunate we certainly wish the will uh the best for leo rush and uh we hope to see him back in a wrestling ring uh you know hopefully at some point in the future all right are we gonna play this video so yeah, you know it all right so for those of you who are not watching and just listening, Matt Cardona decided to show up to a GCW event and he attacked Nick Cage. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to play that clip for you guys right now. It starts acting like he's Moxley. And he starts doing that thing. We start waving his arms around on his shoulders and then he hits a paradigm shift. So everyone thinks it's Moxley. He's got his face covered. Like the dudes in the front row are marking the hell out, and then he ripped off the mask. And it's Matt Cardona. And then I think the fans, like, they, you guys are hearing boos because they were like, we thought you were Moxley. He got the Leo Cardona. I would have marked out for Cardona, but well, you I mean, see people flipping them off and what they expect? Like Gage was calling them out on the internet. 
looks like Gage is Gage like a hardcore wrestler. I guess yeah. he's breaking light bulbs over his knees and stuff. And yeah, he's he's like the king of hardcore wrestling. And they're saying F and Ryder. I mean, they got everybody flipping him off. <laughs> he started sticking his middle yep. finger in everybody's face. So I'm assuming Matt Cardona is still signed with Impact, and I guess he's just kind of going out freelance and doing some other things with uh, GCW. But that's but, a great uh, thing about Impact. They can take indie bookings. Yeah. And you get to do things like that. I wonder what it like. what was his pro- thinking process, thinking like he's in there and he's like, I'm going to just act like Moxley here real quick and just swerve these dudes. I would imagine that was probably, you know, from, I don't know. I don't know if they have an office, but the dude that owns it was probably telling them to do that because just a few weeks before, Moxley came out and confronted Gage at one of their live shows. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that makes, yeah. it does make sense then. So, boy, the, the fans turned on him real quick when they realized it was. I wonder if he hadn't made him think it was Moxley, if they would have booed him. But then again, like he, he, he returned the favor right to him as if he came out to be a heel. Is Nick Gage, I don't know much about Nick Gage. Is he a face? Is he a heel in CG, GCW? Do you know? uh, he's a tweener. He, okay. like, like, like his group that he has with his fans, he calls them MDK murder, death, kill. Yeah. So it's like, he's hardcore. And like, every time he does like a promo, he's like F that dude. And you know, this and that I'm going to kill him. And, but at the same time, he's like the hardcore King. And these, these fans would do anything for him. He actually yeah. went to prison for seven years for robbing a bank. Oh, really? Well, that's an interesting fact. I did not know about Nick Gage. So yeah. a real life criminal in the in the ring here, in the wrestling ring. And he but, almost he almost died in a CZW match where this dude from like Germany came over and cut him with this light tube oh on his Lord. side and ripped him wide open, like his whole side. He's just bleeding everywhere. And he's like, take me back up so I can go back in. And they're like, no, dude, like they're coming to airlift you out of here. You're fixing to die, bro. <laughs> So I'm assuming now that him and Cardona are going to have this uh, a match, presumably yes. a hardcore match, maybe. I don't know. It seems Got like it. that's Nick Gage's forte. So yep. looking forward to seeing what happens uh, in the, in that one there. But Cardona just, making some waves in the wrestling world uh, this past weekend. They got some old school hardcore matches on YouTube of Gage and Moxley back when Mox was in the indies. And like okay. a little small skinny twerp. Yeah. And Boy, they bleed like stuffed pigs, bro. It looked like it looked like Gage was bleeding from just everywhere. His arms would look like they were bleeding in that video, and I said, "Damn, this dude is bleeding everywhere." So he just had a match. Yeah, and like I said, he was breaking you know those long light bulbs over his knees and crap. So yeah, I'm sure I, it, it it don't take much to bleed whenever you're dealing with those light bulbs like that. We'll have to see if we get a copy strike uh, from CGW. Uh, for using that, but if we don't, he recently fought Tessa Blanchard, and Nick maybe we, did. yeah, maybe we could watch that when we review a match or react to a match. Yeah, I'll be down for that. It sounds like a good idea. So waiting to see if we don't get copyrighted, striked by uh, <laughs> GCW as we have for every other match we've ever ever done. But but yeah, Cardona showed up at CG GCW. We'll see what happens with that. All right. 
coming up August 21st, which, by the way, is a Saturday. SummerSlam will take place from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. We talked a little bit about that already. It's going to take place in uh, this arena that looks like a Roomba from above. But it's an NFL stadium. Um, let me look up the capacity here just really quick. Allegiance. Let's guess before you look it up. Okay, I would, I'm would. i going to say it's got to be like 75K. Oh, man, I'm thinking more than that. It's got to be uh, at least 100, 100 plus. All right, I say 75K. You say that. Uh, I'm looking up. The- Especially when you can get people on the ground. I don't, I'm not even so sure they've ever packed that place yet because, like, that place didn't open until well, they're, they're, not open until after the pandemic. Yeah, the Raiders played there, but they didn't have fans. Yeah, well, I'm looking. Let's see. I'm trying. Okay, here we go. Oh, well, well it looks like I was uh, a little closer than you were. Capacity, it says football, 65,000, expandable to 72,000. 61,000 for soccer. So I, I'm, ex- I, I'm assuming it's going to be about 72,000 people for if they, if they pack it, if they pack the house for SummerSlam, which I think by that time they'll be like, screw it, we're going to pack the house. Because I did read an article saying that the WWE is going to try and treat their, the SummerSlam like this year's WrestleMania because obviously they didn't have a full-fledged packed house for WrestleMania. This could be the first packed house show that our big show that WWE does, obviously, since uh, before the pandemic. So looking forward to it. We're going to talk about uh, one of the big rumored matches and rumor mill coming up. But uh, SummerSlam on a Saturday night, that's the big change there. Obviously, WWE, as long as I can remember, has done their big pay-per-views on Sunday night. They always had Saturday night main event. Uh, on Saturday night sometimes, but obviously the Summer Slams, the WrestleManias, the Royal Rumble, Survivor Series of the world all happen on Saturday. I'm sorry, Sunday night. But this time around, they're going to do it on Saturday. So interesting, I guess, uh, interesting change of night uh, there for WWE. But I'm not a, I'm not opposed to having it on a Saturday night, of, you know, and you can have the show maybe a little bit. You can get, probably get away with obviously having the show a little bit later as it's not a school night, not a work night for most people. So I'm looking forward to having or watching uh, SummerSlam on a Saturday night. And it seems like, you know, it could be a a very big show, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really good show. Does that mean there's no takeover, or are they going to do, like, the takeover on the Friday? That's a good question. I think they'll do the takeover on a Friday because – they're not going to do like a Hall of Fame. Well, no, they have SmackDown on Fridays now. So That's right. Maybe they'll do my guess. This is what they did for Mania. They did a two-night takeover on Wednesday night and Thursday night. Oh, okay. But now, they had, but now that I think about it, NXT's on Tuesday, so what the hell? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I think NXT, they've been having their takeovers or like their specials like away from like on separate weekends from when WWE has been doing their pay-per-views. So... I don't know how they're going to do it yet. If there's a way that they're planning on doing it, I don't know if they've announced it yet, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because obviously in the last couple of years, there's been so many shows that have been moved around night, night-wise. Obviously, SmackDown has been moved to Fridays. AEW popped up on Wednesdays. NXT popped up on Wednesdays, and now NXT's on Tuesdays. So we'll see. But SummerSlam, Las Vegas, Nevada, Saturday, August 21st. Should be fun. 
that'd be dope if they did like as a thank you to the fans like a free uh version of nxt takeover on that tuesday and showed it on usa yeah i mean and they did that for their takeover right before wrestlemania like one night i think was on usa but the other night the second night was strictly on peacock so we'll see what they do it'll be interesting to to see how they play that one out i don't know if people can see that that's why i left it big right there that's what she said well it's time for the return of cheap heat uh i didn't realize you were going to put this in cheap heat but it's a tweet from all ego ethan page obviously him and scorpio sky they've been feuding with darby allen and Sting and All Ego Ethan Page decided to send this tweet out and said, you're nothing special, Darby Allen. You owe all your success to Sting. Makes me sick that fans look up to you when you're just a codependent little bitch. Wow. I think he said that on Dynamite, too, last Friday night. He actually called him a codependent little bitch because he – I, he, he challenged Darby. He's like, "We're gonna, we want a tag match with you, and you got to pick anybody else but Sting as your partner." And I don't know when that match is gonna happen. Maybe this week, or maybe in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, uh, this feud is uh, just rolling right along with uh, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, Darby Allen, and Sting. So obviously, Ethan Page is uh, thinking uh, Darby. Uh, you know he. You got Sting. You got the icon Sting. No wonder you're you're doing so well. And AEW, they like picking on people's weaknesses. I mean, you had the one before where Max Caster was talking about Brian Pillman's dad. And then now and then now you got all ego Ethan Page flaunting about the drug abuse history of Darby Allen. What did he did did he kind of hint at the drug abuse? He said you codependent little bitch. Oh well. I wonder. I wonder if he meant that because Sting. He's saying because yeah, he relies on Sting. That's over. what I thought. I mean, I, oh. I could be wrong, but ah, I thought that's he was what pretty- I took out of it. I didn't even realize Darby uh, used to do drugs or anything. But, uh, yeah, codependent little bitch. That was my my thought was that oh, you, you always got Sting by your side, so you can't you know, you, you can thank Sting for all of your successes uh, as of late. Basically, is what I took out of it. Yeah, because like when he did like that package when he first got to AEW, you know, he was saying after he couldn't make it as a pro skater because uh, he had injured his leg or something like that, you know, he kind of went deep into depression, started getting deep into drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. Wrestling is what brought him out of it. I got you. That seems like so long ago. I just died. <laughs> I, I did not remember that. But yeah, other piece of cheap heat right here. Uh, we also had our run in with a codependent little bitch. <laughs> did you get a screenshot of this or yeah man um let me see if i can uh put it up here i wasn't gonna put it up but uh you well, twisted go, my I'm arm gonna, i'll go ahead and start the uh the, the cheap heat here this is uh, about the post about you posted seamus's uh a picture after he basically uh his nose got broken by humberto carrillo in a match i think he accidentally broke seamus's nose Seamus had to have surgery on it, and there was a picture post-surgery. It's all bandaged up and everything. And you shared the picture, and I forgot what – do you remember what the caption was you put for, for that post? No, the caption was just like a, a wow face. Oh, yeah. And it was, you know, uh, I think the caption from the original people who posted it was, you know, 
uh, Sheamus had his nose broken during the match with Humberto Carrillo. That was yeah. it. Okay. So it, for those of you who can't see w- what it says, so this guy, uh, William Lydell. Oh, you went with both. Uh, well, I guess we are just showing it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So William Lydell, um, he, so he comments this. He says, shit happens. But that kid is like so many today, careless and going to hurt someone bad before he's done. Look at his indie record. Big Red is a tough man. Talking about Seamus there. So you replied yeah. uh, to him, Seth Rollins was pretty reckless for a minute too. Hopefully they can get him the training he needs to be a safe performer. Hey, before you move on to the next one, you see that like right there on my comment? Yeah. That's his like. Yeah, I know. I, I did see he, he he liked that. So he liked that comment. <laughs> and then things just went into left field here. And then his meds wore off. <laughs> so then he replies to that comment saying, how the fuck is Seth the same as this kid? Don't make excuses for bad work and poor training. I'll unfollow your page because I now know you're just a bunch of marks or wannabes. Sad. And like I was at the beach when that happened, and like <laughs> I was—I'm I, I, pretty sure I was sitting probably on the balcony or somewhere, and I, did, I got on Facebook, got some notifications because obviously, anytime someone comments on our post, I can see the notifications and whatnot. So I, and I saw someone comment, and usually, you know, we get comments here and there, so I like to go read the comments and everything. And I saw this, and like I screenshot it, and I, you know, I put it in a group. I was like, "What's up with this guy?" Like, what? Wh- wh- I don't see where the, you know, like why he got so hostile about it. Yeah. I don't know, but I guess because you compared, how dare you compare Humberto Carrillo to Seth Rollins? I mean, how dare you, sir, David Boston? How dare you? But, man, he he wasn't happy with whatever you said. Yeah. Well, first off, William Lydell, go pop another Prozac, you coach, <laughs> little bitch. Here's the second thing. Seth Rollins was reckless, dude. I'm not out the left field saying something like that. They barred him from doing the curb stomp because he was hurting too many people. He almost ruined Sting's career because of uh, the turnbuckle bomb and all that jazz that he does. He was a pretty reckless dude, but they got him the training he needed, and now you know he's one of the biggest stars they've had in a long time. So, yeah, I don't think I was crazy saying that he was reckless too, but he got the training that he needed, and maybe they can do it with this kid too. I haven't really seen him wrestle, but apparently they're trying to push the guy, so he must be pretty good. So they're going yeah, to invest, really invest the time. They're going to see he's a little reckless, and just like they did with Seth, they're going to invest the time, get him the training he needs, and he's going to be okay, dude. It's like, and for him to go off like that, I hope I need to go see if you unfollowed our page, because if you didn't do it, I'm going to help you out, bro. I'm going to go ahead and hit the band hammer on you. Because- <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. Lee, Lee, let it, let it. Cause Dude. you never know, man. He, he might provide us another good cheap heat segment somewhere down the line. If he didn't unfollow us. So let him, let, let the man live. Well, let- William, I went on your Facebook page and I must say, your wife looks a little bit like Shrek. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. It's fired. Hey, and you do look like a little bitch. You look Ooh. like a keyboard gangster. And if we were face to face, bro, you wouldn't even think once about saying the F word in front of me, dude, because I would beat <laughs> your ass. We and got, that's what it we, is. We even got a little uh, David's uh, 
rant uh, here along with some cheap heat. So we're getting the return of a lot of, a lot of things here. Yeah. And I think one oh one. And you know what? Don't come on our on our page and keyboard gangster again because you won't. I'm telling you right now, you will not waste the gas money to drive all the way down where I am because you are a punk, sir. And I think we will leave it at that. And uh, we have anything else for cheap heat? Nah, screw William. <laughs> You're on all the right. Well, now that Cheap Heat is uh, done with, let's move on to a little game we're going to play here. It's called Rehire One, Fire One, and Erase One from History. Yeah, okay. so uh, I think this is going to be pretty hard for you, especially when you get down to the bottom. So we'll do it level by level, Patrick. Yeah. You've been promoted to the GM of Raw and SmackDown. All right? Okay. So you got to fire one of these guys. You got to pick right. one. Seth so Rollins. What? Go ahead. I was going to give the choices, but go ahead. Oh, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, or AJ Styles? Oh, man. You know, I think most marks, uh, there's an obvious answer for this. But really, man, those three, I would say, I guess I got to go with Rollins. Um, you know, I love me some AJ. He's obviously nearing the tail end of his career. Roman right now is doing the best work of his career. Rollins is, is great, but of these three, gotta, uh, I got to say Rollins. Uh, I think AJ is still phenomenal, uh, but Rollins, uh, I guess I'd have to fire Rollins. All right, there we go. Now you got to rehire one. They're both not, uh, they're all three knocking at your door. They've all run out of money and they want to get back on the WWE train. CM Punk, Jericho, or Moxley? Well, I'm going to eliminate Jericho just for the fact that he uh, he just he, he's past his prime at this point. Um, Punk, you know, I, I personally would love to see CM Punk back in, in pro wrestling, um, but I would say just because of how hot he is right now, I'd have to rehire John Moxley or Dean Ambrose, whatever you want to call him, but. I'd have to bring back Moxley uh, because he's he's the hottest thing in pro, or arguably one of the hottest things in pro wrestling right now. So I'd say John Moxley. Now, do you think if someone ever hired CM Punk that because of his ineffectiveness in the MMA and just getting the crap beat out of him and looking like a blowfish after every single match he had, that since people see he can't fight in a shoot fight, that putting him in the ring, do you think a lot of fans would lose some respect? No, I think, you know, a lot of people will say, I don't want to see CM Punk back in wrestling, this and that. But if CM Punk showed up, whether it be an AEW or he showed back up to WWE, I think the fans would go crazy and would love it because it'd be a, the shock value would be there. And at the end of the day, me personally, I love the shock value and him showing up one day, the shock value would be one of the biggest shock values you you ever seen in pro wrestling is CM Punk showing back up. So I think fans would, would mark out despite what most of them may be saying right now, how they don't want to see CM Punk, but I think it would be very exciting to have CM Punk back in wrestling, even if it's just for a little while, because I know he's getting up there in age two. He's rocking a great porn stash right now, like from the 1970s. Him and old AJ Lee, man. I'm sure they're uh, <laughs> getting after it a time or two. 
And see, that's the part I would mark out about the possibility of AJ Lee maybe coming back since her husband's working. Yeah, I'd love to see AJ Lee back as well. So I don't know if there would be a package deal or not, but I would definitely, uh, I would not mind seeing CM Punk come back uh, in any wrestling company. All right. So, so far, Patrick would fire Seth Rollins. He would rehire John Moxley. So which one would you erase from history? It's like they not even existed. The Undertaker, Stone Cold, or John Cena? Well, you can certainly eliminate one of these guys already. As you know, he's my favorite wrestler of all time, and that is Stone Cold Steve Austin. So Stone Cold stays. Um, and I love me some Cena. I love me some Taker. Um, Taker is one half of my favorite match of all time, and that's Taker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. So just because of that, I would have to keep Taker, and I'd, I'd have to erase John Cena from history. I think John Cena's legacy is up there with the other two uh, on par with it, but I just can't see uh, you know, a wrestling history without Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Undertaker. Yeah, I'm with you on that, too. I mean, Cena was the easy choice there. Yeah, I think Cena was a pretty easy choice, although I did debate on Taker just a little bit because I, de- I debated a little bit just because wow. I think Cena's had some amazing moments and some great matches, but my favorite match of all time is Taker and, and Sean at WrestleMania 25, so I can't erase that. Yeah, but the dude only has three moves. It don't matter. Uh, Cena's the, one of those guys where he, he, and I hate to take this from The Rock, but he was a very electrifying uh, <laughs> wrestler. I mean, when he showed up, the, the crowd was electric. He just brought energy into the room. He always cut, you know, some amazing promos. And like I said, he had some great matches. He had a great match with AJ Styles back at the Royal Rumble 2017. Um, that match with CM Punk at Money in the Bank 2011. Uh, I mean, he, he's had some some fantastic matches, so I, I can't say that just because he, he's only got a few moves and uh, you know, he, he's not great. So he's, you know, he, like I said, it, it, it was a tougher decision than uh, than I thought. But at the end of the day, out of those three, I'll erase Cena. It always amazes me how you're like a wrestling Rolodex, dude. It's like. You remember the matches on what year they were, probably what day, where they took place. Well, those were. Remember, remember what all happened those matches, our podcast though. last week. I don't remember all the. I, I don't remember every match, but obviously the memorable matches are they're pretty easy to remember. Uh, obviously, Sean and Taker at, at WrestleMania 25. I mentioned Cena and AJ at the 2017 Royal Rumble. It was a great match. That's when Cena won his 16th world title. And then CM Punk's John Cena Money in the Bank 2011. That was a very infamous match there um, as well. So there's only a few that I remembered. I mean, they're all pretty iconic matches, I, I would say. Maybe not the Cena AJ one, but it, it, it's, it's very memorable. All right, oh. it's time for some rumor mill. We got a few things in rumor mill here. And let's go ahead and start with the first one. Huge match. We've already talked about SummerSlam. It's going to be in Las Vegas, but um, there is a big rumor going around about what the main event of SummerSlam could be. And you have the details of that, David. So go ahead and tell them what the rumor for uh, the big match at SummerSlam is. 
Yeah, WrestleVote sources say that WWE hasn't decided, but they believe the company wants Roman Reigns versus John Cena to headline the show. Florida sports reporter John Alba confirmed with multiple sources that the match is the targeted main event at this moment. Well, there you go. Uh, John Cena, Roman Reigns, it's a match we've seen before. I think it was in 2017, maybe. Was it like No Mercy? Or, it was in like October or something. It was late in the year. But they've had a one-on-one match before. Roman Reigns has obviously won it, but that was back when Roman was still, you know, fans were still kind of shitting on Roman and, and he, he's definitely a different character now, obviously. Um, I think Cena coming back, and I think the improvement that Roman has had with his character and his development over the last year or so, I think the buildup for that match could be legendary. Uh, and obviously, Cena's going for his 17th world title to break Ric Flair's record of 16 world title reigns. So, and I don't, per- I personally don't, think uh if that match were to happen i don't think cena is going to beat roman because one cena he's you know he's off making movies the dude doesn't have he's not going to be in wwe long enough or around often enough to have a universal championship run so um it'll be i'll be excited for that match though uh at least have cena come back show up maybe help with the ratings a little bit and really get a good build for SummerSlam. And this is a this is a big-time match. I don't care what anyone says. This is a blockbuster match uh, if this is the main event. And as I said earlier in the podcast, they're trying to make this the WrestleMania of this year because I suspect they're going to have a packed house, and it'll be the first packed house WWE has in over a year and year and change. So um, I wouldn't be upset if that were the main event. Right on. And then, according to PW Insider, there are those within WWE who are pushing to get Aleister Black re-signed. They're arguing that he was cut too soon and was the victim of broken promises and stop-start creative more than anything that he did. Uh, You know, I, I hope Aleister doesn't go back to WWE. I think he would be... I, I wouldn't say he'd be stupid to go back, but because obviously they're going to pay him a chunk of money. Um, but at the same time, you know, they, they released this dude right in the middle of them starting to give him a a push or a program or something. And all of a sudden it's like, nope, you're done. See you. Good luck in your future endeavors. And that was it. And now Alistair obviously has to wait 90 days or now about, I don't know, 83 days, but he's... He can throw. He's, you know, he, he's gotten as much out of WWE, in my opinion, as I think he's going to get. So, and I mean, his stock has risen so much from being in WWE. And at the same time, WWE still dropped the ball with him. But at the same time, like I said, his stock has risen so much because before he was in WWE, I don't think nobody really knew who this guy was or knew much about him. So the fact that, you know, he's had his run in WWE. He's got his name out there. This guy is going to be one of the hottest free agents out there when his 90 days are up. And I think he needs to just go somewhere else and make an even bigger name for himself. And you never know. He, I don't know how, I don't know off the top of my head how old he is, but maybe he goes to another company and 
they skyrocket him and make him a, a bigger star than he already is. And you never know. He might go back to WWE at some point, being a bigger star than he was when he left, but you never know. He's 36. Okay, so he's probably got, I would say, at least you know, another five, six years in him. Like, really good wrestling, I would say. Dude's athletic as hell, so. Yeah. And speaking of getting fired from WWE, special screw you shout out to Nick Aldis, but his bread-winning wife, Nikki James, is going to produce the first all-women's pay-per-view for NWA. Did you hear about that? I did hear that. So, uh, that's <clears throat> awesome. An all-women's pay-per-view, NWA, Mickey James. Uh, I can't think of anybody better right now to help produce that. So, uh, should be fun. I know WWE did that one time, and I thought it was a raging success. I'm was a little upset they didn't do it again. Um, so I'll be curious to see what NWA does to pull this off. But yeah, that's that's good for the women of NWA, and obviously they've been getting some exposure with AEW, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Mickey's a good person, if not one of the best people to have produce a, a, on all women's show. Yeah, and big news, speaking of getting dumped by WWE, this goes out to all you indie promoters that are used to paying dudes 20 bucks for a show. Braun Strowman is asking in the five-figure range for indie appearances per PW Insider. We are told that Strowman is pretty set financially and doesn't need to immediately run out and do bookings, but if a promoter comes along and meets the right price, that's a different story. And we'll also remember all those memes that are going around about how Braun told Vince, you know, once I'm done with WWE, I'm hanging up my boots. Yeah, and obviously I don't think Braun realized he was going to get cut a year later. But, (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, obviously Braun has made a big name for himself in WWE. He looks like a monster. Now, obviously when he got there, he was already a big guy. He was... I'm not going to say he was fat, but he definitely had some meat on his bones. And now in the last year or two, he's like, you know, he started eating right, started really getting to the gym and he got just ripped. And I mean, he's a big old ripped dude. Dude looks like a monster. Dude's got a great look. He's got the name. He's got the exposure. He's got the look. He's got the, the ability in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, I think with what he can do and the, the attention he can bring somewhere, yeah, hey, you want a big name like that. And obviously, he's a former world champion or a former universal champion. So, yeah, why not charge five figures for you know to show up, especially at a little, I'm not going to say a little indie promotion, but, you know, a smaller promotion um, that could use some exposure or use something exciting to happen. You know, hey, Braun Strowman's right there ready to, Rock and roll, but of course he also has to wait the ninety days as well. So, and maybe the five figure charge is just for appearances, not necessarily to wrestle. Uh, maybe you know, hey, pay me ten grand or whatever the price is to, you know, I'll show up, sign some autographs, do some meet and greets, whatever the case may be. Maybe that's uh, what he what he means too, because like I said, he's a big star. He's got a huge name. I mean, anyone who's a wrestling fan knows who Braun Strowman is. So, yeah, but at the same time, I don't know an indie promoter on this earth that can pay ten grand for one talent. I mean, they're used to booking talent and you know paying a thousand, two dollars, a thousand or two thousand dollars for talent a show. 
I mean, and that's just one dude. Yeah. But he's, like I said, he, he he's a big dude. He, you know, can be almost like an attraction. He's like an attraction. He is an attraction to an extent. I mean, you're not going to find dudes his size running around in the indies uh, everywhere. So it's kind of like when the Big Show was a thing or Andre the Giant was a thing. You know, he was an attraction. So that's what Braun Strowman can be, an attraction to some of these smaller promotions on the indie scene. So, well, Hey, and you would learn real quick if he put asses in the seats because the WWE sells itself. It doesn't matter who the wrestlers are. People are mm-hmm. going to watch the WWE because they like wrestling. And then, you know, the WWE is going to give them a good product for the most part. Yeah. And who really knows if Braun really booked, maybe that was the reason why they're like, Hey, we're paying this guy. And he's not the person putting asses in the seats. And that would suck for an indie promoter to go out and take out a loan or maybe, I don't know, get one of their investors to shell out 10 plus grand. And then nobody, well, not, I'm pretty sure somebody would show up to the show, but say you normally get 200 people in the house and you book Braun and then now you, you got 500 in the house, but that's not even going to cover your 10 grand or if if he's charging 50 grand. Yeah. Who knows? But. Uh, I don't know. That's the thing. And, you know, he did say that he wasn't going to wrestle for anyone else, which makes me think he, he's just going to maybe show up and do like meet and greets or special appearances or something like that. Maybe he won't show up to a promotion. Maybe he'll show up to like, I don't know, like Louisiana Comic Con's going to have, you know, Mick Foley uh, show up at their event in August and things like that, I guess. Uh, wrestling conventions, maybe, is what he is what he's looking for. Like I said, meet and greets or whatever the case may be. Maybe he doesn't want to wrestle. Maybe he just wants to show up. And he knows that, like I said, if if you pay me 10 grand to show up somewhere, I'm, you know, people are going to show up just to meet me or get my autograph or whatever the case may be. Wrestling fans will for sure. Yeah. I, I would, I would love to see once it's 90 days. I hope somebody books them so we can see how it goes. Yeah. I would like, I'd be interested to see what he can do outside of WWE, but you know, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's going to hold out. And you know, like like the thing said, he's financially well off right now, so he doesn't have to really jump out there immediately and try to make money. So you never know. He could just take these meet and greet bookings or whatever the case may be. And, you know, maybe somewhere down the line, WWE will bring him back. Maybe that's what he's hoping for, you know. You know, if he was smart, he would start a YouTube channel. And just him working out him doing daily routines, eating routines, you know, showing people, you know, behind the curtain of Braun, you know, just vlogging and stuff like that. That dude could make a ton of money right now on YouTube. Yeah, he could in a, tw- like a Twitch channel, you know, in- yeah. anything of that, of that nature. I think he could uh, definitely do that. And I know people talked about him going to do like powerlifting. Uh, obviously, I think that's what he did before uh, pro wrestling. So, Maybe he goes and enters some some powerlifting. I mean, obviously, he's been doing some lifting if you look at the guy. So maybe he goes and does that for a little while. But uh, certainly, I'll be interested in after the 90 days is over to see if he shows up in any, any other wrestling promotion. Well, that is a wrap for episode 101. Make sure you go follow us on your favorite social media platform, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, at the average marks as patrick said at the beginning of the show next week we're going to be in the studio together which i think is going to make our dynamic go back to the room because i was telling patrick 
If you go back, search the average marks, episode 90. Dog, we were on point. And the back and forth was amazing. And even when we're doing our regular job and when we're on the mic together in the same room, there's a different dynamic. So I'm excited about the places where the average marks are fixing to go. Yeah, we're gonna be back together in the studio. Got to get all the equipment over there and uh, set it all up. We're gonna probably we might test it out the day before, but uh, our new time is gonna be now moved up a little bit, five thirty Central Time on Thursday. So join us five thirty Central on Thursdays. Now we're gonna be in the studio together, and hopefully, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say we've been sounding bad, but hopefully, we sound certainly uh, even better when we're back together. Yeah, and when we use that same time frame last time. I don't know what it is, the difference between 5.30 and 6, but towards the end there, we got some like major traction with people showing up and watching and commenting. It was a really good time. Yeah, maybe everybody by 6 o'clock is just already just eating dinner, and they're like, yeah, screw it. Yeah, they're like, I'm settling down for the day. Screw these marks. 5.30, no, people might just be getting home from, from, from work, and they say, let's listen to the average mark. Right, there you Get go. ready for Friday. All right, take us out of here, Patrick outro you've been listening to the average marks pro wrestling podcast with david boston and patrick fry all opinions discussed in the show are those of the average marks and do not represent any wrestling company organization or individual this has been a lake area media llc production 